Welcome to The Cabin, the official podcast of Discover Wisconsin. You have reached us on episode 157, where we're going to cover wondrous Wisconsin woodlands. But we have to introduce a wondrous new person on here, who you've heard before and guesting on a few things, talking about episodes, but now uh, joining us on The Cabin on a much more significant basis... Annalise Beckman. Hello. How are we doing? Aside from being a little... Uh, We're still recovering. But, yeah, um, a little in recovery mode. It's all cool. I mean, Sunday was New Year's Day and Monday being kind of a day off, kind of not, because it started the week. This is the first day back to work and school for most people. Fair enough. Well, you got to keep warm after the snowstorm. Yeah. And well, we had a mild New Year's too. It was weird. Yep. Usually it's the other way around. So kind of a kind of a weird end to 2022. But as we embark on a brand new year... And we're looking forward to all the things you can do in Wisconsin here in 2023. It's probably a good time to hit the woods. So we're going to be talking about that today. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that as we really, really get this new dynamic going. Yeah, I'm stoked to be here. Um, Thank you, Eric, for, you know, kind of showing me the ropes over the last couple weeks. And I'm excited to learn from you. I've, you know, been listening to some of the podcasts just to kind of see what we've been covering in the last you know uh three years now Mm -hmm. um which is exciting uh also i started from the beginning so going all the way back to mariah's it's been fun to kind of listen to what you guys have covered all the way back then and having been a producer you know over the last year now at discover wisconsin um Really cool to see how you guys have tied the show into the podcast all the way from from the beginning. Has so, it only been a year you've been a producer with the show? A little over a year. God, we've worked yeah. together a lot on a lot I of know. things. I know. You so. were the first person, actually, before I started producing, you were the first person that I, because you were with Jess Murphy on the very first shoot that I was, oh, Brookfield. was on. And then you were on the first shoot that I actually produced in Barron, Wisconsin. Oh, other yeah. than the fall time in Barron, Wisconsin. A lot of fun trips. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Anna, you know, you, you've been a producer with Discover Wisconsin, the show for, like you said, a little over a year here. Yeah. And you have been on the cabin before to discuss certain specific episodes. Yeah, it's some of the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. which is always fun. You guys are always... A lot of fun in here. So you're not entirely new to this thing. But why don't you tell, just give us a, like the quick elevator pitch of your background a little bit. Sure. Oh, geez. Elevator pitch of uh, my background. Well, Picture six-story building. Sure. I'm originally from Minnesota, but Wisconsin uh, quickly stole my heart when I went to UW-Madison here. Um, so I graduated in a totally different major from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I graduated with neurobiology, but got interested in film about halfway through college. Was always interested in documentary filmmaking. Went out to L.A. for a little bit, um, which was a ton of fun, actually. Uh, Contrary to popular belief, I actually really loved the people that I met out there. Uh, But during COVID, or the beginning of COVID, came back here. Um, And then about a year later, found out about this job and applied because I wanted to get back into the documentary filmmaking side of things. And it's been um, a lot of, you know, a lot of hard work, but a lot of fun to travel Wisconsin and experience a state that I, you know, you get to find all the things in your own backyard that you've never experienced before. And when you're in college, you really stay within your bubble. So it's hmm. really, really cool to get outside. To it, It's been really cool to get outside of that bubble, even more so and to experience, you know, all the hidden gems that we don't even know that exist in our in our own backyard. And Josh Osterman yesterday was uh, talking to me about 
how his phrase is, you know, be a tourist in your own state or your mm-hmm. own town. And I, I think that's that hits it right on the head. Well, and that's what Discover Wisconsin really helps people do. People from outside the state, but people within the state uncover and discover all of these cool things. That's been going on for years, 35 plus years now. Mm-hmm. And the cabin's been reinforcing that for three years. We do deep dives into a lot of different topics. So, uh, And we're about to do this in the woods. Yeah, I'm pumped. <laughs> One of my favorite places in Wisconsin, the woods. Yeah, well, you're big on the outdoors, right? <laughs> I am. I love hiking. I mean, anything outside. Sometimes if I am too lazy or tired to set up a tent, I'll just, I've driven my car into the middle of a camping area and just slept in my car for a night. I just, I don't know. Sometimes I like being outside more than in my own house, but. I will tell you this as you continue listening to the cabin. Anna's a very interesting person with, you never know what she's going to tell you about her background, her experiences, things she likes. I suppose. I guess I don't. I don't know. I don't evaluate. Myself. You're rather. Yeah, you're rather fascinating. So, this will be fun. And we have Ramsey Plouts with us again. Hello, Ramsey. Hi, guys. You're recovering from New Year's too. That you dealt with a lot of stuff over New Year's, right? A lot of people and parties. And yeah, it's it's always it's always busy, um, <laughs> but it's always a great time of the year. So. I enjoy it a lot. It is. And after dealing with all those people, you're ready to hit the woods too, aren't you? Oh, always. Let's go headlong into that Wisconsin forest. We'll start our campfire conversation shortly. But first of all, we must present who helps us out in the cabin. All right, The Cabin is brought to you once again by the Wisconsin Counties Association. This week we're featuring Monroe County. Not to be confused with where Monroe, Wisconsin is. Monroe County is in the west central part of the state. Kind of a crossroads area. A lot of the roads and the railroads, everything forks there. But a lot of things come together there too. The Driftless area goes on the boundary with Cranberry Country and the ancient Glacial Lake, Wisconsin in Monroe County. You'll find cool bluffs. You'll find nice flat lands where they can do those cranberries. You'll find the lovely town of Sparta, which is the county seat. You'll find Toma, which is another lovely town on the edge of cranberry country. Fort McCoy is in between the two. Monroe County is one of the few places you can drive on a road and you'll see a sign that says tank crossing. That's how you know you're in Fort McCoy. Sparta is the biking capital of Wisconsin, and there's a lot of great trails in Monroe County and in that area, including the Elroy Sparta Trail, which was the very first rail-to-trail conversion in the United States that opened in the 1960s. You can also connect to the La Crosse River Trail and go straight over to La Crosse from there. All It all converges in Sparta. Sparta is also home to astronaut Deke Slayton, who helped develop the space shuttle. He's got a museum named after him in town. And Monroe County also has Warrens, famously home to the world's largest cranberry festival, which is Cranfest. Happens the last weekend of every September. We dive into a lot of great stories about Monroe County, too, in our Uniquely Wisconsin series. If you want to hear that, that aired on December 8th, so just about, well, going on four weeks ago now. And you can dive into some really cool stories about Monroe County. And definitely a place you should check out. And frankly, since so many roads bring you there, you'll find yourself there sooner or later. I like that. You know, I haven't spent a lot of time in the southern part of the state like that, and I'm excited to, in this <laughs> new year, be uh, doing more of that kind of thing. So you consider that the southern part of the state. That's what's funny. Mm. I consider that up north. Central. <laughs> it's central, really. Yeah. But. So the cabin is also brought to you by the WCA Group Health Trust. Serving local governments and school districts, the WCA Group Health Trust partners closely with members to fulfill their employee health benefit obligations in a fiscally responsible manner. Learn more at www.wcaghht. 
org. All right. So it's early January. Let's light a fire and keep warm. Ah, that's nice. Warming things up. Watch it, though. When you're in the woods, you don't want that fire to get out of control, you know? Yeah, speaking of which, our <laughs> campfire conversation this episode is Wondrous Wisconsin Woodlands. Try saying that one ten times fast. Exploring more in depth the woodlands of Wisconsin with our resident outdoor expert and bushcrafter, Ramsey. We're going to talk about all things like Chiquamagon Nicolay National Forest and one of the properties managed by the National Park Service in the state like the Apostle Islands, Ice Age Trail, one of my favorites, North Country Trail, and the St. Croix River. So let's get to it. Ramsey, why don't you kick things off by telling us about the Chiquamagon Nicolay National Forest, uh, maybe starting with the pronunciation. Did I say that I was right? going to say. <laughs> it's tricky. It is. We've all said it so many different ways throughout these episodes, but I looked further in depth and I really wanted to get this figured out. So most everything that I've been coming across is Chiquamagon. Whoa, I was way off. No, you weren't too bad. You just pronounced the Q. Chiquamagon. I used to do it too. <laughs> I was corrected politely but firmly in a bookstore in Washburn. Really? Up in Bayfield County. I was talking to the, to the woman who ran the bookstore and I said, yeah, I was uh, driving, you know, I, I just said something about Chiquamagon and she's like, it's Chiquamagon, but that's okay. A lot of people make that mistake. It was very... Chiquamagon. <laughs> I never yeah, forgot so it. Let's put it that way. a silent Q. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> but I guess it kind of, it's derived from the Ojibwa word, uh, Zagawamikong. And I'm probably pronoun- butchering that pronunciation too, but uh, it means a place of shallow water. Hmm. And that kind of came about with the Shawamigan Bay. That's kind of where that gets its name from and the natives that are up in that area. That makes sense. That's kind of beautiful. Place of shallow water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a place of shallow Better than what's Green Bay? It was the place of the stinking water, oh. yeah. <laughs> I like shallow water is a, a lot little, better. Better to be shallow than deterrent. stinky. <laughs> That's a big slogan in L.A., isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won't get into that one. But yeah, Shawamigan, now it covers a lot of forest, which didn't, uh, was, didn't always consistently exist, did it, Ramsey? No, it didn't. So back in the, the late 1800s, uh, early 1900s, when there was a lot of the logging going around, the Great Northwoods, virtually didn't exist because they had cut all of that down. Um, so instead you had a lot of farm fields and a lot of farming lands that were there. So then you fast forward to the 20s and 30s, um, and because of the Great Depression, a lot of those farmers kind of couldn't really afford to pay the taxes on their lands, and they ended up either selling or they forfeited it to county governments. And after mm. that, you know, as it went on, the county governments kind of ended up selling it to the federal government. And then it was really with FDR and his New Deal program, um, all that thing with the Conservation Corps, they came in and they just headed this massive restoration program to get these woodlands back. And because of that, we've got the Shawamigan Nicolay National Forest. And it's kind of crazy to think about, like, this forest is only less than 100 years old. It's not even that old of a, a forest and relative terms that is kind of wild to think about because boy when you're up in there it feels so much like old old originals yeah exactly some of these trees are still in that hundred years are are massive trees still so ramsey what is what does that look like what is the process from turning something into from farmland into a forest like this well it, it takes 
you know, a new approach to logging that uh, for every one tree that you're cutting down, it takes, you know, you plant two to replace it. Um, and it's really, the, the Civilian Conservation Corps went through and they just, they planted tons and tons and tons of trees and got all these groves uh, reinstated. Um, and through that, I mean, the Shawamigan side of the forest covers about 858,400 acres um, between Ashland, Bayfield, Sawyer, Price, Taylor, and Vilas counties. So, I mean, that's uh, a significant chunk of change that they were able to regrow. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. And then the Nicolay side covers nearly 661,400 acres between Florence, Forest, Langlade, Ocanto, Oneida, and Vilas counties. And together, it's about uh, 1.5 million acres. Man, that's over 2,300 square miles. Is a large well. That's that's about that's about four percent of the state, almost five of the state's total area. Because mm-hmm. we're about fifty-four thousand square miles. How do you know that? I just know things. <laughs> that's what I do. I drink and I know things. Hang out with them long enough, and <laughs> oh man! So is it is it mostly forest, or are there trails along this that people can utilize? There is everything for all activity levels for you to be able to do through this forest. Um, you know, biking, camping, fishing. There's boating, uh, motorized and non-motorized. You can swim. There's tons of hiking trails. You can ride horses. You can hunt. You can learn things along trails. You can picnic. There's geocaching. Eric, there's scenic driving, hey. cross-country ski, <laughs> snowshoeing, snowmobiling, and, of course, there's the Fire Mountain Lookout Tower. Oh, dude, this is an That's awesome place. Cool. I was fortunate enough to check it out uh, on a drive back from a shoot, in, from the Eagle River shoot. Oh, yeah. The one we did in fall. Mm-hmm. So I was driving through the fall colors, and I en- ended up driving through the much of the National Forest, 70, 139, um, just all the way down uh, past Leona and everything. So I ended up in Oconto County near Mountain and that lookout fire tower is just off Highway 32 hmm. where Mountain is and you go up the old road and it to me it looks like a radio tower because I've been broadcasting for so long but you you yeah <laughs> it is and you go up this kind of rough dirt road up to this hill but you can drive oh you can drive right yeah. to it yeah so the the metal tower you just drive to the base of the metal tower and it's about st- 10 stories of stairs metal stairs huh so don't go during a lightning storm. But I went up Fair those enough. stairs all the way. And yet, can you feel the tower move? Yeah, yeah, I can. Really? A little bit, just a little bit. And But when you get up, I mean, you don't even need to get to the top to take in the spectacular view. But when you're at the very top, you the 360-degree view goes for, I mean, Ramsey, you've been up there, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, miles. On a good day, you can see absolutely wow. miles. And it's this little 16 by 16 little platform cabin that's up there that, like Eric said, 360 degree views. It's incredible, and, especially in the fall time. And they used to have people up there looking for wildfires. Oh, that's what it originally the whole, was The whole for. point of the lookout tower, yeah. That makes sense. And it's open year-round to the public? It is. Uh, um, there, there are times during bad weather it's closed. Oh, sure. Yeah. That makes sense. But that's the only one in the forest that's open to the public. They still have several other ones that are still used, but this is the only one that's open to the public. And I think right around 2016-17, they did a massive restoration on it. Kind of cleaned things up, scraped paint off, you know, made it look really nice. Not as sharp edges to cut yourself on. (laughs) More inviting. So it's much more user-friendly now. And uh, 
So, Eric, you've only been there once mm-hmm. in the fall. Ramsey, have you been there all seasons? No, I think uh, I think I've been there twice, late summer and early fall. Okay, I'm just kind of curious to know what it would look like in the winter. I'm sure it's gorgeous in the winter yeah. and and a clear cold night in the winter. You could probably see much further. But I know I was seeing at least 40 or 50 miles in every direction. Wow, that's incredible. Because you're on a hill on top of that tower. Yeah, and you can't look up, right? Just out. Um, uh, well, I mean, you could. there's a window you can stick your head out and look up. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, like, you could see. And it's it's so tall that you can see the horizon. So if you were to go, like, stargazing, you could definitely wow. see some good stars. Yeah, that... Well, the, the fall. Shiqua- yeah, I don't know. Shawamigan. Uh, I'm sure that area is beautiful for stargazing. Absolutely. There's not a, a ton of light pollution, so you get some really good, clear views in the night sky. Yeah. Wow, that'd be incredible. I can, I can tell you, because I took plenty of pictures of the fall colors. They just they extended so far out. It was just absolutely insane. And so you have that tower you can climb and enjoy, but there are a lot of trails and just a ton of different activities for every outdoor level throughout the forest. What about horseback riding? Do you, are there horses that you can, is there a place where you can, you know, have somebody, do you have to bring your own horse or can you have somebody? Typically it's you bring your own horse. Okay. And and BYOH. BYOH. Nice. Eric's next party is going to BYOH. BYOS too. Bring your own shovel. Yeah. What about um, swimming, Ramsey? Is it is it lakes? Is it you know smaller ponds up there? Is it are there rivers? All of the above. I mean, the forest features more than two thousand lakes, and over six hundred of them are larger than ten acres. Hmm. So I mean, there is plenty of water to be going to and doing things. Um, there's more than a hundred boat ramps to be able to put in with uh, nearly sixty walking trails that provide access to those uh, larger lakes. Um, but as far as, you know, boating, swimming, fishing, uh, there's tons of lakes and streams all throughout the entire forest. Wow, that's awesome. It is fantastic for fishing because just with the natural cycle of the forest and then the DNR management mm. of the fish population, they you generally have a really good ability to catch what you're looking for, you know, depending on if you're a stream or a lake or whatever, you catch different kinds. But yeah, some of the fishing there is, it draws people from far and wide. Yeah. Is there trout fishing up there? I believe so. That's my favorite. I'm not, uh, I suck at fishing. So I'm, <laughs> Do you? <laughs> it's okay, me too. My dad was a really good fisherman, so I have no excuse. But <laughs> Well, if you like trout fishing, yeah, there's plenty of trout streams up there. Yeah. Well, I my favorite is just taking, you know, catch some trout and throw it right over the, the fire. Don't even fillet it or anything. I mean, get the guts out and stuff like that, but just throwing it right over the fire. Oh, my gosh, there's nothing like trout like that. Really? Yeah, so see, good. See, this is the kind of stuff. Oh, my gosh. Never, yeah. So good. <laughs> Anna, you said you're big into hiking, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love hiking, and especially in areas. Um, I've been, so I've been to Shawamagan. It's going to take a minute for me to get that. Um, I've been up there one time a while back. I was actually doing, <laughs> I was directing a short film that I had written uh, when I was in my young like early 20s and um it was quite the experience we stayed in a cabin with the it was like multiple cabins all in this small little plot of land but uh it was within the forest area and it was absolutely gorgeous um but the only person that I remember we met was like this 
old lumberjack cabin guy who owned the Airbnb and he was there the whole time. And he, we just ended up sitting with him at like four in the morning and he was telling us all these stories. <laughs> we ended up having to go back that night too to Madison. So it was quite the trek. Got back at like 9 a.m. But um, he was an interesting character. But I do remember how beautiful it was in the filming. It was just we, you know, there was a big part of me that didn't I, ha- I really had to debate whether or not we would go all the way up there, uh, whether it was worth bringing, you know, a 20-person crew all the way up to that area. But at the end of the day, it was worth it just because of, you know, what it looked like. It really provided the right aesthetic for the film. <laughs> um, but we got to hike, yeah, hiked quite a bit through those forests doing different location scouting and um, minus the... Uh, insects the the mosquitoes were terrible but minus that it was it was gorgeous and it was you know we had really good weather and it was um the middle of the summer so you do have to watch out for bugs up there in the forest but you can be protected by your own cabin for example you can stay in an rv uh, or you can camp in a campground there's lots of great options right ramsey yeah there's there's a lot of them um as far as the cabin rentals it really kind of seems like there's one uh, kind of place that does that, but there's a lot of RV camping, group camping, um, campground camping. Obviously, there's tons of campgrounds that you can go and uh, rent out your space for. Um, if you're into my kind of thing, you can do dispersed camping, mm. which I don't know if you guys know what that is. Sounds like it gets bit. into bushcrafting level. Yeah, tell us more. <laughs> it, it it does. So uh, it, they, another word for it is primitive camping. Um, but you, it, you have absolutely no amenities. There's nothing uh, to go check in for. You can just literally pull off the side of the road. You have to be um, 150 feet from any trail and 200 feet from any lake or waterfront. But other than that, it's fair game. You can find a flat enough spot to put a tent or if you want to hang a hammock or, or something like that, you have had it. But you got to be mindful of some things like uh, the fire conditions you you want to make sure that you're being appropriate with that because there are no firings, so you have to take care of it yourself. So pay attention to what the state forest is putting out for the fire dangers. If it's extremely high, they might actually put a ban on dispersed camping fires. Um, and you never want to cut down live trees uh, to to make your firewood and only find deadfall. But mm-hmm. um, the whole premise is to leave no trace. You just kind of come in, set up your camp, and get back out, and nobody should know that you were there. Well, and it's important not only to be discreet in that sense, but to, to be safe. Yes. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure that you're having a safety plan because uh, you can go anywhere uh, in the forest. Uh, it's a million and a half acres um, <laughs> that you can go. So you want to make sure that you're letting somebody know where you're going and how long that you're going to be out. Um, definitely have a first aid kit. Uh, bring personal protection. There's animals uh, that are out there. I've, I've had my run in. If you guys remember, I had that bobcat coming to camp. Oh, yeah. Um, what? I'll, I'll plug that episode 90. Go take a listen to that. Um, <laughs> you can hear my little story about that. Amazing. Um, but bring your own personal protection. Uh, you know, you got to make sure you're being safe with things. And definitely, definitely, definitely bring a compass. I can't stress how important mm. that is. You need to know where you're going, how to get in, how to get back out. Yeah, do people get lost out there a lot? I suppose. I don't know any statistics, but there's always somebody that's getting lost out there. But the local uh, county governments have very good, the law enforcement have great uh, search and rescue teams that uh, can go through and, and get you back out. 
Yeah, well, like you were saying, it's it's huge, millions of um, miles and acres, really. But um, or what was it, one point five million acres? That's huge. So, you know, okay, let's just hypothetically say Eric and I are going on a road trip up to the forest, and we want to start somewhere. What are some of the areas that are obviously? It's probably very different throughout the entire state forest. So what are some of the areas that are good places to kind of check off the list for the first time going up there? Well, I'm personally fond of uh, the five federally protected wilderness areas that we have uh, in the forest. There's the Blackjack Springs, the Headwaters, Whisker Lake, Porcupine Lake, and Rainbow Lake. Um, I've been to two of those five. Uh, I have to redo one because I got rained out. But um, those are more Kind of in the middle of the road, uh, the Headwaters Wilderness area, definitely a lot of Boy Scouts go to that. So that one's very easy to go through. You have uh, forest roads that can take you right in to some pretty good parking areas, and you know then you can go in from there. But um, I would check out there. Uh, I like those areas a lot. You also have uh, a national trail that cuts through a, a nice, nice wide swath of the Shawamigan Nicolay National Forest. Yeah, a pretty good chunk of that, and that's the North Country Scenic Trail. Um, have either of you guys been on it? I've been on portions. Never camped along it, though. Yeah, I've never been. Yeah, I, I hit it up when I was in the uh, Porcupine Lake Wilderness. Uh, it cuts right through there. And I had just gone like on a five-mile hike that day uh, circumnavigating uh, Porcupine Lake, and we had to cross beaver trails, and we were doing all this, so it was really terrible uh hiking conditions and as soon as we got to the north country trail it was really wide super well maintained i'm like oh my god what is this <laughs> and we keep hiking for a while and then we find a big sign and i'm like all right i gotta i gotta make a point to hike more of this trail because it's absolutely beautiful and very very well maintained yeah it cuts a pretty big swath across wisconsin but it stretches 4800 miles across the country or a big chunk of the country north dakota all the way over to vermont wow <laughs> the porcupine trail does no it's the north country expanding ah. river. yeah over 200 miles within the state and then it accesses you had mentioned some of these uh national forest uh, areas the wilderness areas uh and some of the state parks copper falls patterson uh boy some just gorgeous areas yeah it's it's incredible and i'd like to add that to my list because there's over 200 miles that go through the northern part of the state and I would love to be able to check off all 200 miles of that. Hmm. Well, northcountrytrail.org, and then they have a Wisconsin section for that if you want to check it out. And another major trail, it goes across the entire state, kind of in a horseshoe pattern, and it is part of a national system too, is the Ice Age Trail, which we brought up a number of times before. But as it applies to the wilderness, uh, Rams, what do you have to say about that one? I mean, <clears throat> that is also a very, very good uh, well-maintained trail. Um, if you haven't hiked sections of it, there's definitely uh, beginner and novice sections. There's a little bit more advanced things. Um, over by Marshfield, there's a pretty good section that took probably uh, half an hour to go a mile through there because it goes up and down and back and all of that. And it's when you're carrying a 50-pound backpack, it gets a little challenging. <laughs> but there's plenty, plenty of outdoor recreations to do. There's a lot of lookout towers or, uh, along the trail plenty of camping spots, plenty of picnicking spots. I mean, I really think that the Ice Age Trail is a very underutilized uh, place that we have in this state. People 
I don't know. They might think that it's too difficult, but there's very easy walking spots, especially in the southern part of the state, that um, it's very accessible to everybody. So when you're, you know, when you're trying to find these trails, can you walk right up to the trailhead or do you, can you drive right up to the trailhead? Do you have to walk into the forest and then the trailhead is sometimes embedded within the area or what's the best way to access them? Yeah, a lot of times there's, there's very accessible parking uh, areas that you can just drive right up to and then you get out of your car and you can go. Other times, um, some of the trail kind of winds through some of these county roads and as long as you're pulled off enough on the side of the road, you can just park your car and get onto the trail. Um, but it's it's kind of like uh, with the Shawamigan Forest and all of their trails. Just find a spot to park and head to it. And where can we find more, find out more about the trail system? Or if we wanted to, you know, check out the Ice Age Trail or anything like that, where can we learn more? Yeah, well, first I would say check out episode 130. Uh, you guys talked to um, a representative there preparing to hike the Ice Age Trail. So definitely go give that episode a listen. And if you need to, just hit up IceAgeTrail.org um, for all of their Trail Alliance um, information. There is tons and tons of resources through that website. I use it all the time. Very cool. Yeah, it's good and it's interactive too, which I like when you're dealing with recreational trail stuff. Plus, they keep you up to date on trail conditions, mm. which any time of year, but in particular this time of year, is important to know about. So. Yeah, that was my other question, how to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Good to know to bring a compass too and... Knowing how to read one is important. Yeah. Well. Don't just bring it if you don't know how to read G- it. <laughs> GPS is nice too, but sometimes you got to rough it with a compass. You yeah, know? I don't know how much service do you get out there. Probably not a lot. <laughs> and there's a lot more outdoor trails and wilderness we can talk about, but um, we'll, we'll continue that in additional episodes here. We should move on because we need to talk about a place that does have some great trails because outdoor recreation meets small town living there. But Anna... You recently did an episode covering this. Jefferson County, Mm -hmm. which their slogan is, where outdoor recreation meets small town living. Thank you, Eric. Mm -hmm. Um, Also known as the heart of the heartland, it is a conglomeration of historic yet up and coming towns that are all interconnected through Jefferson County parks and trail systems. Uh, This was one of my favorite places to film actually these routes have adventure for all ages and all seasons if you have any desire to explore that wild side you do not want to miss out on experiencing these roads by motor vehicle um if motorcycling is not your thing get your fill of motorsports by participating in a jefferson speedway event that was a ton of fun too uh have you ever been to the jefferson speedway oh yeah Yeah. yeah. short track fun oh yeah that was a lot of fun to film the people who are a part of Jefferson County, especially at the Speedway. They were all really, really great to us, so that's definitely a lot of fun for the whole family, any age. Um, Another great thing you can take your car to in the summer months, I know mm-hmm. it's not open right now, the Highway 18 Outdoor, which is a driving oh, yeah. theater. Yep, I have yet to go there. It's all digital. It's really cool. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've looked it up, and it looks like a lot of fun, but I haven't been able to get a hold of the uh, owner because they don't open until the summer, so i got to wait well, April-ish. Time, yeah, late so. spring, but yeah. you know, we're patient. And it's rare. It's rare to find those anymore. So that'll be another place that'll be exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, be sure to check out the Glacial Drumlin Trail as well, uh, either by bike or walking. You can get from you know one area to the next. Uh, you can get from uh, two rivers where you can you know rent a bike or you can rent you know some paddling gear, and then you can walk all the way over to Frosty Freeze Ice Cream. <laughs> um, you can get a little dairy history if you want some more dairy uh, dairy history at Jones Farm. 
along the way. The Rock River also boasts one of many waterways great for a paddle where you can dock your boat um, and get some good food at Heron's Landing right off the water. That's a fun one. It overlooks the uh, dam there. Mm-hmm. Uh, be sure to take your family out for some fishing and boating on Lake Koshkanong as well. That was a pretty busy lake when we were there. And then lastly, since... Um, we're all itching to get outside for some sunlight during this chilly season. Get your wheels spinning on that snow for some beautiful winter wonderland adventures through a plethora of snowmobiling trails throughout Jefferson County. Uh, along the way, the Jefferson County Dog Park Groomed Trails and Corth County Park are two places that you will not want to miss out on. And whatever the experience you are looking for, Jefferson County is ready to bring you along for some adventure. Conveniently located between Milwaukee and Madison. A lot of, a lot of towns, a lot of great accessibility throughout the county. A lot of crossroads there along with those trails. And the Glacial Drumlin's great. It's just east-west right across yeah, that's the county. Because it goes all east to Waukesha and west to Cottage Grove just outside of Madison. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to connect even if you're not driving your car. Yeah, and they've got a pretty cool uh, little bridge that was built um, just like a to resemble a train caboose. So mm-hmm. it's a little red bridge. I think they got a couple covered bridges, which are always fun to bike through and to explore. So absolutely, Instagrammable. Yeah. very very Instagrammable, Ramsey. And if you want to stay in Jefferson, which is the county seat, there's a great Pass Western there now. They just built it like maybe two years ago. Huh. It just opened. It's right where uh, Highway 26 and the bypass meet on the north side of Jefferson. It's one of many hotels across Wisconsin for Best Western. They have over 40 of them. They provide great value. That's where you can stay. And it's a nice, comfy, great place. Hosted well by great staff. And you can uncover unforgettable moments, new experiences. Whether you're traveling for business or leisure, you get a warm welcome, a rewarding stay. And a great value, too. And Best Western Rewards, I've been a member of them for Gosh, over 15 years. I, I always, I hate cashing in points because I just love collecting them. Yep. But I got, I got but some. You got to use them. I got you some free room nights. Well, they never expire, which is kind of nice. Oh, that's nice. Yep. You can redeem them for free room nights, gift cards for other things, which is pretty sweet. That is awesome. Pay with points for discounts and things like that. So you have a lot of great options. Bestwestern.com lets you book and find out more. And right now they have a winter Best Western Rewards promotion happening. Through February 5th, you can get up to 20,000 bonus points after you stay four separate times. So if you're a member, you're in 2,000 bonus points, too, following the completion of that first eligible stay. goes to four, six, and then 8,000 points. So it kind of progresses wow, as you continue to stay. Yeah, stay somewhere for a week. You get it all taken care of yeah. right away, right? If I didn't live so close to Jefferson County, I'm not going to lie, I'd probably, I would probably <laughs> uh, go stay at this Best Western, especially on productions. And, you know, it's funny. They actually have a hotel, the Hotel Shawamigan is a Best Western really? property in Ashland, right up on Lake Superior. Have you stayed there? No, but I want to. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Sometimes sometimes those hotels, they really amp up the feel of the place, too, so I can imagine it's probably pretty. Well, that was one of those places. It, it dates back to, like, the late 1800s. It's very majestic. That's awesome. It is, it's the most majestic, old-school, cool hotel mm-hmm. that Best Western has in the state. I love that. So I would highly suggest checking that out. But you have around 40 options total around the state. BestWestern.com can tell you more. So Yeah, it's a good place to uh, get your points in. Mm-hmm. Well, Ramsey, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. I love, I love talking anything outdoors. Yeah, especially in the winter. You love to rough it. Yeah, fun to meet you officially. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any uh do you have any plans to get back to Shawamagon National Forest anytime soon? Well, this year 23 I'm definitely going to be doing a lot more of that kind of stuff. Uh 22 I really kind of 
took a hit, didn't do a lot of outdoor things, but it's on my docket to get back out there and get a lot of Instagram content and, you know, enjoy the outdoors. That's true. And Ramsey, give us your Instagram one more time just so people can follow you and check you out. Oh, sure. I'll, I'll never pass up a chance to plug that. <laughs> it's uh, Northman underscore Bushcraft at uh, Instagram or Facebook. Huh? Very good. Check it out. Of course, we're at the Cabin Pod. Ramsey, we'll talk to you again soon, all right? All right. All right. Thanks, buddy. Join us next week when we're going to talk favorite farm-to-table dining in Wisconsin. A Perbo will be joining us for that. Anna, we will see you next week as well. Sounds like a plan. All right. Sounds good. And as we wrap it up here, a quick message from the All of Us Research Program, because the All of Us Research Program has a simple mission. They want to speed up medical breakthroughs. To do this, they're asking people across America to share their unique health information to create the largest, most diverse medical research program ever. The mission is an important one, because the more information researchers have, the faster they can create individualized prevention, precise treatment options, and better care for all of us. Together, let's make this mission achievable. Details at joinallofus.org slash discoverwi. Today's episode of The Cabin was hosted by Eric Paulson, Annalise Beckman, and Ramsey Plouts, produced by Eric Paulson with audio engineering by Matt Renta and video teasers by Logan Ingram with social media by Adeline Savanak. The Cabin is a production brought to you by Discover Media Works. To learn more, head to discovermediaworks.com and don't forget to leave a review.